Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, City fan. Intellectually Honest Allegri intellectually takes Juve out of the Champions League, but Atalanta and perennial escape artist Roma intellectually keep their European dreams alive. We'll discuss all the midweek action and take a look at the weekend ahead as the season heads into the home straight in this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to the show. Another mixed week for Italian clubs in Europe and another week in which we've had further twists in the race for the title. We'll get into all of that shortly, but Boaz, welcome and thanks for joining us. I understand it was the Jewish holiday of Purim this week. Did you dress up for it? It was indeed and it was a good excuse to go to the office wearing a onesie. And uh, in addition, I purchased a quite expensive uh, Prince costume. And I never wore it, so the joke's on me. Oh, why? Why didn't you wear it? It just—it's quite big. It's quite uh, there's quite a lot of elements to it, and to carry it into work every day would seem on the day seemed a bit OTT. And then I, I figured that there would be other occasions, but the the holidays been and gone. So next year maybe. Sad times, sad times. And uh, have you got a beer for us this week? I do indeed. I've got. Uh, Beavertown Lupuloid, which is the IPA 6.7%, quite a strong one. And uh, just before we go off, you may remember last week I mentioned um, my neighbors and their annoying habits with, regarding rubbish bags outside the door. Well, ah, yes. the day the, the show went live, there was another bag outside the door for several days. So I think they might be <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys. They take offense to being publicly shamed. Possibly. Great. Uh, I've, I've also got uh, a beaver down i've got i'm just back in the neck oils back in the neck oils i've kind of been a, a bit unimaginative but you know it, it's, it's just so good and yeah uh, another good week yeah i don't have any any big stories like you do um so i guess we better talk about the the football um and it's sad to start on a negative note but i think it's undoubtedly the biggest story of the week uh, a late collapse from juve against Villarreal sees Italy's last remaining Champions League representative bow out with a whimper. Boaz, hugely disappointing for Italian football, really, this. After the encouraging display Inter put on against Liverpool last week, Unai Emery basically out Allegri in this one, didn't he? A tough watch. Yeah, it was uh, really surprising considering what was at stake and Juventus's approach was very disappointing. And can we talk about Allegri's post-match interview, which was bizarre, uh, to, to say the least. He seemed very, very irritated and accused people who expected more from this Juve of being intellectually dishonest. I mean, they're by far and away the highest spending club in the league, and they're currently fourth, albeit they've been on a good run of results. Uh, Villarreal are seventh in La Liga, but surely we should all expect more from Juve. 
Yeah, and in addition, they went out and splashed 70 million on a top striker, but clearly they didn't consider who was supposed to set up this top striker. Vlaovic was ostensibly brought in to challenge for the Champions League because their league position is more or less uh, cemented whether they had him or not. And uh, the, essentially, the purchase has not paid dividends. Mm. I mean, they, they do have problems in, in midfield, I think. You, you mentioned who's going to... Who's going to service uh, serve Vlaovic? But um, obviously McKenny out, who had been kind of given something that they didn't have from elsewhere. It's kind of difficult, really, to to analyze this. I just kind of feel like I, I feel like this is all on Allegri. This uh, this result. I don't know if if you agree. They just, I think they they should have taken more from the first game. Really, um, when you look at it over the two legs uh, and. In the second game, they they looked so comfortable the whole time, but they just absolutely refused to to force the issue. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I kind of feel like they kind of deserved it in the end. So I think you're right in saying that the method of the defeat was on Allegri. However, you have to consider that this is um, the fourth time that Juve exit early in the Champions League, and it's under three different coaches. And each time it's been against clubs that Juventus have been the favourites on paper at the very least. So this is becoming kind of systematic and maybe it shows, it says more about uh, Juve's place in the larger football ecosystem. I'm thinking about you, uh, Super League clubs over there. <laughs> yeah. But but also maybe maybe just Italian clubs or Juventus specifically do not strike fear in the opponent's hearts right now. Yeah, I mean, is the for me, I don't know if you, you agree with, with me, but is the most damning thing not the fact that we really don't know what Juve's identity is? I mean, what are they? They're they're not a great counter-attacking side, as you said. They don't have anyone to really serve Blaovic. Uh, they're not a high-pressing team. They just seem to bore their opponents into submission, don't they? Yeah, and for the past uh, few seasons, they've relied on uh, a superstar or two to pull them out of a difficult situation. And uh, now that... Uh, the aforementioned superstar has left. And to be fair, he's not doing particularly well at Manchester United, but um, suddenly there's no one really directly to blame. And um, of course, missing players like Chiesa for this game, etc., is a big loss, but Juventus should be winning against Villarreal at home, regardless of who's on the pitch. Absolutely. Uh, another game that they should be winning, and we actually expect them to, to do so, is uh, Salernitana, who are next up for them in Serie A. And then, of course, the big game against Inter after the international break. So we'll see how it all plays out. Before we move on, uh, maybe we should spend a couple of words about Villarreal themselves, because although this is obviously a Serie A podcast, we have to say that Villarreal were very well organized and held the ball fantastically and knew when to, stri- to strike at the right time, kind of like a boxer, you know, they held back for a while and then went on the counter. And while the 3-0 result, I think we both agree, is a little bit harsh on Juventus, overall Villarreal uh, have no shame in this victory and uh, probably deserved it. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I think uh, I said that Juve were comfortable uh, in this game, but uh, I mean, if you look at the, the balance of the chances, you certainly can't, uh, can't begrudge and they had a game plan and they executed it far better than than Juve, whatever Juve's game plan actually actually was. But in more positive European news, Buzz, let's talk about that that game tonight. Bayer Leverkusen nil, Atalanta one. 
Atalanta's Jekyll and Hyde spell continues with another big win tonight in Europe to put them through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Uh, across both ties, it was really, really enjoyable, just top-quality entertainment. Uh, Atlanta pro- probably uh, should have had more out of the first game, and I, I would imagine Bayer Leverkusen will probably feel a bit hard done by after a really, really great second-half performance tonight that they put in uh, to lose 1-0 and 4-2 on aggregate to, to Atalanta. But it's a big, big win for Atalanta and uh, an opportunity for La Dea to reach the semi-finals of European competition for the first time since 1988, uh, when they lost to Mechelen in the semi-final of the Cup Winners' Cup. Boaz, some big teams still in the Europa League, most notably Barca, obviously, uh, Leon still in that tournament as well. But are we getting to the stage where winning this thing becomes a priority for Gasperini? I think it's uh, definitely a big deal for Atalanta for two reasons. Firstly, because as we all know, the Europa League gets you an automatic buy into the Champions League. And uh, Atalanta's current position in the league uh, does, does not look particularly good versus Juventus. But more specifically, I, I think this is something that we've mentioned a few times over the past few years that Atlanta have been playing some fantastic football they've been achieving great results but ultimately they have no silverware to show for this period and uh, possibly targeting this uh, Europa League could be the one yeah and uh, potentially only what five five games away uh, so maybe more achievable than making up that point differential to uh to Juventus and you mentioned uh Barcelona and Lyon but I have to say that it's that competition is a, a real hodgepodge of like great football manager names like West Ham, Rangers, <laughs> yeah. Frankfurt, and uh, Leipzig. So I mean, it's and Braga. Sorry. So uh, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite an interesting competition and maybe a little bit less obvious than the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. I really think the changes have um, improved it this year. I think the the quality of teams getting to the the final stage um, has you know really really Im- improved the kind of glitz of the of the Europa League but i mean we've spoken about the 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 great result that atalanta had i guess the, the hyde element if european football is the jekyll then the hyde element has been serie a in uh, in recent weeks i should probably discuss that predictable draw against genoa who are now officially incapable of winning or losing a game uh, disappointing result for Atalanta from their perspective. I guess for Genoa as well, it doesn't really do them much good considering where they are. But for Atalanta, obviously that further complicates their chances of finishing in, in the top four, as we, we just mentioned. Um, but as you said last week, Boaz, those injuries and suspensions are really stretching Atalanta's smaller squad. Uh, the game of the weekend, they started without Derun, who was suspended, obviously, for his dishonorable mention. And Freuler was was rested. Uh, and by the end tonight as well, they really did look knackered. So hopefully they come back refreshed a bit from from the international break. Uh, but seeing as how we're speaking about the league, Boaz, let's speak about probably the, the big story in the, the league this week uh, with Milan beating Empoli 1-0. A, a great week on paper for Milan, who for the first time in ages actually have the, the Scudetto in their own hands. Or, or in other words, they're not kind of... Uh, you know, relying on Inter dropping points, they're actually in front, even accounting for the games that Inter have in hand or the, the game that Inter have in hand. But Boaz, I understand far from convincing in this game against Empoli. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that Milan were far from convincing, but I would say that 
the team needs to learn to kill these games. So far this season, on a few occasions, uh, I can think of Spezia and Salernitana, for example. Milan scored early and then failed to score the second goal and were kind of pipped towards the end. And in, on this occasion, they actually managed to hold on and Impoli didn't really create too much. But at the same time, it, was, uh, it wasn't uh, champagne football. But, but uh, as the old saying goes, uh, if, you, if you can win ugly, then uh, it's all good. I'm sure yeah. that's not the saying, but uh, I've, well, I've, I've kind of uh, bastardized it. <laughs> well, the cliche being that uh, yeah, if you're going to win titles, then you have to be able to win ugly as well, I guess. But was Cagliari away this weekend? Uh, they've been in great form before losing to, to Lazio and obviously Spezia uh, at the weekend uh, in two consecutive games. A potential banana skin this one? I'm uh, unsure that of what I should say next because last time I spoke about statistics <laughs> specifically to Inter versus Torino, I ended up jinxing the Inter, which is personally fine for me. But if you look at uh, Cagliari's last 36 games against uh, Milan, they've only won one. So um, it's not the best run. And Milan have scored on the past 11 games away at Cagliari. So on paper, at least, I would hope that Milan can continue this run of form and the rumors have it that uh, Zlatan will be back for this one. He scored eight in his last seven games against Cagliari. So um, obviously one of his favorite uh, adversaries. But uh, Cagliari will not be an easy easy game, particularly as we keep mentioning the fact that they're kind of uh, fighting relegation. Although the, the results from the past week will definitely not help them. Yeah, yeah. I, I note, Buzz, that you're now constantly aware of the scudetto curse and uh <laughs> I, I don't know perhaps where you I, can weaponize that i feel like exactly i'm trying to weaponize it against my <laughs> adversaries while not stepping on any banana skins myself yeah yeah right so talking about those adversaries inter fiorentina and obviously the big rome derby those are the big games this weekend uh, i think but we'll start with uh, inter fiorentina I mean, let's talk about the the Torino game first, which you just mentioned there. Uh, I mean, there was that shocking mistake with the officials uh, where the referee and VAR both missed an obvious, like clear as day uh, penalty by Ranocchio and Bellotti. Is it too partisan to say Torino were robbed here, Boaz? I think if you look at the raw statistics of the game, perhaps the draw is the most fair outcome. But then games are often decided by episodes. And had uh, Torino gone 2-0 ahead, I, I think it would have been very hard for Inter to come back. I really don't understand what happened with this episode. I, I don't even know how the referee missed it on the pitch. But then for it to yeah. go to VAR and uh, them to also deciding that this is uh, not a penalty is baffling. Uh, I don't want to say that there is some sort of conspiracy or something like that. But some severe ineptitude at, at their job, that's for sure. And they've they've all been uh, banned for a few games as a result, and just justifiably so. But at the same time, Torino aren't going to get these these points back, and yeah. um, Inter are, albeit one point uh, closer to Milan, but still, it's a, a point's a point. Yeah, and um, quite aside from the what what was a disappointing result of the weekend for for Inter, despite the fact that they kind of claimed that late equalizer uh, we thought they'd turn the corner after the the liverpool game but in Serie A, they've only won one league game since the start of february after i say this they'll probably obviously demolish fiorentina uh thanks to the scudetto curse and then edge and nervy win against juve um 
But it's got to the point where they can't afford to drop points anymore, isn't it? Hasn't it? They definitely need to get a few wins under the belt, if only to um, get to their the spirit they had earlier in the season. But they they're definitely going through some problems, and I thought it was quite bizarre that uh, Inzaghi mentioned that uh, he was kind of didn't bring Deco on, partly thinking about the game against Turin, and then yeah. for them to then not go and win the games against Turin and for Deco to have a pretty lackluster game, albeit he did set up the goal, shows that maybe Inzaghi's uh, in-game uh, changes and his planning is not as good as it was earlier in the season. Yeah, maybe they do seem to have hit just this bad run of form at uh, exactly the wrong time, don't they? Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's still plenty of twists and turns to, to come, I'm sure. But from Fiorentina's point of view going into to this game, they've also... Kind of hit some patchy form in recent weeks. Obviously, not as uh, not as bad as Inter's has been. Um, so I guess it depends which Fiorentina show up. But some doubts about whether Jack Bonaventura will be fit for this game, which could actually lead to to Duncan being drafted into the starting lineup. Duncan, who always starts in my uh, first name eleven team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but any uh, any thoughts about Fiorentina going into this? Do you, are you, are you suspecting uh, Inter will, will come away with the three points? I think that um, just to get that Scudetto curse running, Inter have won 16 of their last 19 home games against Fiorentina, so not the greatest records for the Florence side. And uh, mm. while, um, especially the game last year, Fiorentina gave Inter a good game and probably didn't deserve the final outcome, but this year is Fiorentina are maybe a slightly different vintage and the victory against uh, Bologna over the weekend was maybe not the prettiest football shown, but still uh, showed some uh, gritty performances. So yeah. especially with Inter in their current form, I wouldn't bet against Fiorentina, but uh, it's one of those games that for me could go either way. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's talk about the other, the bigger game, really, for the, week, the weekend ahead. Uh, Roma-Lazio. The Rome derby, uh, Roma go into the game yet again off of the off of the back of a, a trademark last minute lifeline, <laughs> uh, drawing one one against Vitesse to go through to the quarterfinals of the Conference League two one on aggregate. But let's nine I, I lives, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think either of us. Well, I know neither of us saw the end of this game, but I um, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to, to watch this game after the Atalanta one. So we didn't. We should say we we didn't watch it, but we both made said the same thing. Roma probably scored a very late <laughs> we goal, say, and yeah. we logged into the score site, and of course they had. Yeah, it's become very predictable, hasn't it? But right, so looking ahead to, to the derby, strangely, uh, I say strangely because we haven't really spoken about them that much, but quietly. Probably the two informed sides in Serie A, maybe aside from, from Juve. Lazio have won their last two and only lost one in the league since the 9th of January. Um, and obviously that that defeat was uh, 2-1 to, to Napoli a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, last gasp specialists, Roma. Uh, on the other hand, undefeated in the league since that same date, the 9th of January. It's going to be a tasty one, this, isn't it, Boaz? Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's a real clash of uh, footballing cultures. We pretty much made the same intro in the first game and it was fireworks and the return leg, there will be some rust for both teams. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Lazio have been on a great defensive run as well. It has to be said, they've kept 
six clean sheets after their last eight games and they're in in that particular um statistic they're only second to real sociedad in the whole of europe so uh whereas roma are like kind of conceding a lot of goals but uh scoring a, little, a few more on the other side um mm. yeah it's always a exciting game yeah yeah and there's also a fair bit of history between sarri and Mourinho going back to their time in the in the premier league um i believe you've also dug out a good stat about the, the managers ahead of this one was yeah so lazio have not won back-to-back derbies since 2012 and uh they haven't beaten roma away since 2017 but crucially should lazio win this game sari would be the first manager since uh 1998 a certain sven goran eriksson to win back-to-back derbies and uh should uh, roma lose this Mourinho would be the first coach in 10 years to lose uh, his first two derbies so there's uh, also that statistic at stake. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in for that one, I think. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's always a good laugh. And you may remember that uh, Pedro scored in the first game, which yeah. was uh, kind of amusing. Great. Okay. Uh, I think that's it for kind of the, the main talking points of this week. So we'll move on to our uh, best of the rest section, perhaps. Maybe we want to show some love for uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, whose uh, 17 goals participated in is uh, the most for a midfielder in Serie A. He'll be crucial in the derby. Yeah, great player. Right, okay, let's move on to to best of the rest now, Uh, starting with the news that broke today uh, on Thursday as we record that Manuel Locatelli has tested positive for COVID, which puts his place in the Italy squad for the World Cup playoffs in serious jeopardy. Syria has ruled that Verona will have to play their upcoming home game against Genoa with their curva empty after the ultras' racist behavior against Napoli. Kessi has reportedly agreed a contract to sign for Barca in the summer, um, and Milan continue to be linked with Renato Sanchez as a possible replacement, as well as uh, Divock Origi as well as an option up top. Inter apparently struggling to tie down a deal to bring Scamacca to the club. That's kind of been a bit of an ongoing saga, but have reportedly made initial contact about signing Sebastian Haller from Ajax. They should wait a few more months to see what the fallout from the Chelsea situation. They might be able to get Lukaku <laughs> yeah. back for free. Yeah, well, I think that's something that's kind of been uh, doing the rounds in, in the Italian media as well, but... Who knows? Um, I, I think what I, I read in the Gazzetta was that there was talk about him coming back on loan. But, I mean, what a disaster that, that would have proved to be for, for Chelsea, the the amount they, they spent on him to bring him back. To be honest, I think it would be a disaster for all parties involved except for Inter, who would get a player back who would be back with his tail between his legs. It's like... Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, just finally in this section... Atalanta technical director Giovanni Sartori, uh, the man who has masterminded their transfer dealings over the last eight years, is to leave the club at the end of the season. Reportedly, uh, a bit of tension, or quite a lot of tension, obviously, between him and, and Gasperini, uh, and a lot of clubs, I think, lining up to, to bring him in. So um, hopefully not, but this could be the end of this great era for, for Atalanta. Um, Big news, I would say. Uh, right, let's move on to good week, bad week. But there's quite a few contenders for, for good week. I think Napoli bouncing back from the Milan defeat by beating Verona 2-1 away from home, possibly. 
uh, or Spezia beating Cagliari 2-0 to move seven points clear of the relegation zone. I think those are probably the two biggest contenders. Or Milan, I guess. We, we have to keep them in there for extending their lead. But, I mean, who would your vote go to? I mean, I think that uh, the Napoli victory against uh, Verona was uh, particularly impressive, both in the manner they played, but also because Verona are a hard team to play against. But maybe um, the Spezia result has the most influence on the the league standings Mm. and the possible final positions. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Spezia getting good week. Uh, And bad week. Yeah, again, a lot of contenders for this. Sassuolo. Drawing to Salernitana, bit of a disappointing result from them. Uh, Inter scraping a draw against Torino, or or Cagliari for that matter. That that for that Spezia result that we've just spoken about. I think that pretty much. Oh, you wanted to, yeah, you wanted to kind of contemplate Samp possibly for losing to Juve. Uh, it's now three defeats in a row for for Samp. Who who gets your vote? I mean, there is no shame in losing to Juventus, although this particular vintage of Juventus is not that uh, tasty, let's say. But uh, Sampdoria contrived to miss a penalty. And uh, also, they they pretty much made life much easier for Juventus than it should have been, scoring an own goal amongst many other errors. And Giampaolo, who I've been quite critical about over the years, uh, continues to show that... uh, I'm sorry, but he's not on this level. He's uh, he seems to be he's a naive tactician. You know, you need to you need to play to the strengths of the players you have. Mm, so you're going bad week, Samp. The other big candidate for me is Cagliari because mm. they seem to have been on a good run, and of course they lost to Lazio last week. But there's no shame in losing to Lazio. But the game against Spezia was a uh, scontro diretto, and you'd expect them to win it. But having given. Uh, uh, Spezia, the good week. I'm not sure if we're legally allowed to give Cagliari uh, <laughs> the bad week. Uh, okay, let's give it to let's give it to Samp then. So good week, Spezia. Bad week, Samp. And Boaz, it's time for your theme tune, and uh, also known as the Italian national anthem, <laughs> and keeping up with the Italians. It's a short one this week. We have uh, Rodolfo Vanoli is the new coach at FC Dinamo Tirana over in Albania. And Giacomo Favero scored his first goal in the Diveli Premier League in the Maldives, earning his club three points along the way. Michele Bon won his first game in charge of Zimbru Kisenau in the Moldovan top division. The club had previously gone six consecutive games without uh, winning, so they hired him and he won his, he's got a 100% record so far. And uh, lastly, look this up. Uh, apparently, Kenny, you saying that... Uh, this won't qualify for your uh, goal of the week challenge because it wasn't scored in Serie A or by a player who plays for the Italian team. Yeah. However, Vincenzo Grifo scored a masterful free kick, getting a brace along the way for Freiburg's victory, which returns the club to the top four positions in Germany. Lovely free kick. Look it up in, on YouTube, please. Perfect. Thank you very much. And yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're already we already have our uh, keeping up with the Italians thing because the Morata challenge does does. Uh, expand outside of our borders but so i i don't know these it does but it tends to involve games that involve italian italian clubs okay right okay i I think that discussion's over and we should we should move on to the honorable and dishonorable mentions for this week Uh, i'm going to start with a dishonorable to myself actually Uh, i'm not sure if this has ever been done before um but I'm giving myself a dishonorable mention for overlooking Lautaro's goal against Liverpool last week in my goals honorable section. I, I think that really 
should have won it because it was it was a great goal. And um, I apologize. I apologize to, to Inter fans and to Lautaro, who I'm sure is a fan of the show. Uh, Boaz, you've got a dis a dishonorable for, and it is going to Verona or to Verona fans. So you mentioned earlier that the their curva is going to be shot for the next home game, but this is for chants and banners they displayed inside the stadium. But for me, the biggest uh, disgrace was the banner they displayed outside the stadium, which has now made the rounds on uh, social media. But uh, for those who haven't seen it, they essentially posted the coordinates for Naples with a Russian map and a Ukrainian map, essentially saying, uh, why don't you bomb Naples instead? Now, A, it's not particularly funny to suggest to bomb a a major city in your own country. But also, given the situation in uh, Ukraine between uh, Russia and, and Ukraine, it's even less. Uh, it's even more in poor taste. And yeah. to be honest, I, I don't know what goes through these people's heads. That uh, like football is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about passion. Yeah, support your team. Yeah, boo the other team. Get them. But this becomes very close to violence. And some people will say, "Oh, it's just banter," or I don't know what what they'll label it. But to me, it's as I said, it's in horrible poor taste and it's disgraceful yeah fully fully agree i mean it's just it just feels like it's just hate and, and so many different layers of hate for for hate sake you know hatred sorry and you consider that presumably there are some players born in or around naples who play for verona or who may have played mm. for verona in the past there's also presumably people from naples who live in verona or work in verona it's just it's not a good show and i think particularly Considering, I will get onto it perhaps, but considering the fact that Italy are playing next week, uh, the country should, there should be more unity in the country and yeah, disgraceful. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Right, let's just uh, bring the tone up a little bit. I'm giving an honourable mention to Aaron Hickey uh, for his first call up to the Scotland senior squad at uh, 19 years of age for the upcoming friendly against Poland. Obviously, Scotland were supposed to be playing against Ukraine, but that game has has been postponed for for obvious reasons. But yeah, I mean, Hickey's going to be up against it with Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson, the other left backs in that squad. And I I remember a while back when he was asked this question about whether he was expecting a call-up, he he mentioned that he can play at right back as well. Hmm. (laughs) And uh, to be... To add extra credit to Hickey, he he is learning from one of the best uh, wingbacks that the game has ever seen. So I'm sure Sinisa Mihalovic will have imprinted some ideas on Hickey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he has developed a lot, a lot in his time at Bologna. Uh, but right, Boaz, you've got an honourable for Carlo Ancelotti. Carlo Ancelotti's Real Madrid went 10 points clear in the Champions League. And uh, when he was asked by a... Uh, journalist whether this meant that the game that the Liga was uh definitely in Madrid's hands he said something along the lines of I didn't I didn't think we'd lose a Champions League when we were 3-0 up yeah I think someone said to him how can you lose the Liga if you're leading by 10 points with 10 games left and he said how can you lose a Champions League game when you're 3-0 up and I like the fact that Carlo is still traumatized by this experience because as a fan I, I still occasionally wake up in a cold sweat and think about that horrible final yeah i'm sure you do i woke up actually a story i was i was in australia visiting my my grandfather for his 80th birthday um and i woke up and i remember i think it was three nil at half time 
And I, I remember thinking, if this doesn't, it was like four in the morning or five in the morning or something. I thought, if this doesn't, if this game doesn't become interesting pretty quickly, then I'm just going to go back to bed. And obviously, it did become very interesting. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, moving on, I've got an honorable for, oh, it's my, my goals honorable. Uh, right. So I'm I'm still undecided, actually, at the time we go to record whether to give an honorable to Traore uh, for his goal that puts Sassuolo 2-1 up against Salernitana uh, or whether to go with a late entrant, which is uh, Boga's goal tonight, the winner for Atalanta against Bayer Leverkusen. Both of them great individual goals. I think I'm going to go for Traore, even though Boga's, you know, he picked the ball up in his own half, <laughs> ran three quarters of the length of the field. But the reason I think I'm going to go for Traore is because I think the Bayer Leverkusen defenders were just so knackered by that point in the game. It looked like they were running in slow motion. Yeah, exactly. And um, Boga had come on quite late in the game, so he yeah. was particularly fresh. It was it was a little bit harsh on them to be, have to play against this guy who was clearly much faster than them on a normal day, but definitely much faster when he's only yeah. about 20 minutes. Yeah, but nonetheless, a sensational, sensational goal by Boga. But I'm, I'm going to give my goals honourable to Traore for his his goal that puts Aswala 2-1 up against Celebritana. Boaz, dishonourable mention for Gareth Southgate. Yeah, Gareth Southgate continues to omit uh, Tomori from his England slide, uh, preferring to pick Harry Maguire instead. Uh, this is not a Premier League podcast, so I won't get into Harry Maguire's um, form. <laughs> that being said, um, I'm sure that Southgate said that he's going to pick players depending on how well they play and Few yeah. defenders are playing better than Tomori in the whole of Europe, and uh, as I said, I'm not going to get into into Maguire's in form, but he's been pretty shocking. So, yeah, um, it's just bizarre, and I hope that this doesn't um, make Tomori think maybe I need to return to England for the man for the international manager to see me more, but rather continue enjoying his Italian experience and proving him wrong. Yeah. And perhaps putting together a Champions League run that extends beyond the the last sixteen. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, right. It's my final final honourable mention for the show, and it's going to Chiru Immobile for becoming Lazio's all time top goal scorer in Serie A after his penalty against Venezia, moving past Silvio Piola. Uh, he was already the top goal scorer in all competitions. Uh, but obviously, when Piola was playing, there were less uh, less European action or no European action, I believe. But yeah, another record for Ciro Immobile. So, honourable mention for him. If he could only score for the Azzurri. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll be doing that next week, Buzz. Right, okay. On that note, I think that's us uh, come to the end. That's all, all we've got time for. So, as ever, please do... Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio. Thank you very much for for listening, as always. And uh, until next week, enjoy the football.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 